What's up, y'all? Alex Miller from The Eagle here. It's The Eagles post-game report. We're here inside Kyle Field following Texas A&M's 26-20 loss to Alabama. Joined always, of course, by Travis Brown and Robert Cessna. You know, coming into this game, we talked about how this was as good a chance A&M had to beat Alabama, and the Aggies, they had chances. They just really kind of squandered them away as the game drug on. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I don't think anybody's surprised at what happened, the fact that Alabama won, what have you. But I think, once again, how it happened. Because if you're here, you're an Aggie, you're walking away, say, man, we could have won that. If I think all Aggies are walking away saying that. And, and it's one thing to think it, but then to watch it for four hours, and I think that's tough to handle. You always come into these games expecting – that world beater Alabama, just that Alabama team that is just a, a, a head and shoulders above everyone else. And that just looked like a stereotypical SEC team, a, a, a good SEC team, but a stereotypical SEC team and one that A&M could have and probably should have beat in this game, especially with what they're able to do on the defensive front. So it, it was defensive secondary issues. It was the inability to kind of move the ball on offense in the second half. And it was some really kind of puzzling coaching decisions early in the kind of, kind of book in the game that I really think was the downfall for the Aggies in this. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a and played to lose, or they did, they played not to lose, excuse me, um, uh, especially in the second half when, you know, trying to preserve the lead, trying to not let it get out of hand. You know, we've seen in the past, though, that, you know, you roll the dice and Alabama makes you pay for it. So, you know, don't necessarily at times fault Jimbo Fisher for calling certain things, but it certainly felt like AM was playing not to lose and not to win. You know, I'm glad you tempered that with the second half out, because I, I, I just chuckled because what I was thinking about, I believe what you, you said halfway, because I was somewhat surprised they come out fourth and one on their first drive. They go for it because I'm thinking, okay, points are going to be hard to come by. You're playing Alabama, but I think. Alabama gets in everybody's head because they didn't score. They didn't get points. And then when the game's over, you look back and you forgot about that almost by the time the end of the game. And, you know, I just I got to give Alabama a lot of credit because I, I agree with Alex. They're a good SEC team, but you got to beat them at home. A&M has all the talent in the world, and that's why it's got to be frustrating because that's not – a great Alabama team. You usually always think Alabama has great teams. Now they made and they made a lot of mistakes, but you know what? They left here with a winner. Yeah, you, you go back to that fourth and and one uh, attempt that he did in the first half. The the book says kind of orthodox coaching says when you're at home. You don't take those kind of risks, you know. If you're, if you you, you go into the, uh, you, you take the points. You, you if, if you're going for a two point conversion in a overtime, deciding not to. If you're at home, you don't you don't gamble because you you feel like the crowd will help you out and things like that. Jimbo said that he thought they had momentum. They've only ran about eight plays in the game. I don't know how much momentum you can garner there. I, I didn't like that call. And I didn't like how he managed that last little spell in the fourth quarter where Anaya Smith steps out of bounds. They have some time to, to review that. It shows he's out at the two. They run the jet sweep. They score, get in the end zone again, but it's a holding call that gets brought back. On third down, they probably should have gone ahead and just kicked the field goal and preserved time if you were going to either if you're going to onside kick or kick it deep. He calls it, burns a timeout just to get the field goal team out there because he said he wanted them not to be rushing and he thought that would conserve time. 
but then went for the onside kick, didn't get it, and didn't have enough time timeouts really to hold them at bay. And he said that if they had three timeouts, it was just a lot of circular reasoning in, in what was going on there. And I, I don't know, what was your take on that last little bit? Yeah, the deal is, you know, you, go, you run down to take the timeout. Then later he, he says to the media, well, if I had three timeouts, well, you'd have had three timeouts if you wouldn't have wasted that. But I go back, once again, it's tough to beat Saban in Alabama. You know, you watch Ole Miss. Ole Miss last year should have beat him at home. And, and Kiffin fall, falls apart. A lot of people fall apart because you're playing Alabama, you're playing the mystique, and Alabama made so many mistakes. I mean, they, they had so many motion penalties. They turned the ball over twice. They rushed for 23 yards. If you told me Alabama was going to rush for 23 yards and they're going to make like 11, was 11 penalties or 14? 14, 14 penalties, <laughs> I'd probably be homeless, you know, because I'd say, well, a and going to win. You know, they did so many things wrong, but won. Let me, let me play devil's advocate here and just be a little bit of the voice of the fan. You you talk about, hey, it's Nick Saban, it's Alabama. People get in their heads, they make mistakes. Isn't beating Alabama what Jimbo Fisher's basically getting his contract for? I mean, that that's the name of the game in the SEC West now. Without a doubt, and, and I put in my column a little bit, you know, he hires Bobby Petrino. What's Bobby Petrino's uh, motto? Feed the studs. Alabama fed the studs. A&M didn't feed the studs today. And, and you're right. That's why he's there. He's here to do it. And, and I don't know about you guys. I just felt like as this game unfolded, this is almost like the season. It was there. You know, at halftime, I'm thinking, wow, A&M's in great shape. They're, they d- didn't take the three points at up. They're winning 17-10. to 10. Uh, Alabama doesn't look good. Alabama scores three more points. Alabama, let me take. Let me Alabama. Alex, Alex Miller. Alex Miller. Let me I am Alex. Over, let me take over the hosting duties here for a little bit. You helped out with the Associated Press today, so you went over to the Alabama press conference or the Alex press conference, if we're doing this right, uh, and talked to Jermaine Burton, who was the standout star for the Tide today, having almost 200 yards, receiving two touchdowns, the two key touchdowns in the second half. What was the conversation from Nick Saban, from Burton, uh, looking at what A&M's defense was doing? Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting because Nick Saban said he noticed two things when he was game planning for AM. He said that AM's defensive rush would probably give them problems, which they did. But if Alabama found chances to give Milrow time, they could really get some deep shots. And that's exactly what they did. That was the formula for how Alabama won. Milrow throws for a career high 321. Burton gets 197. I mean, and, and and talking to Burton too, you know, he didn't, he hardly played last week. He, he was out with a foot injury against Correct. Mississippi state. And there was speculation whether or not he was actually even going to play. I mean, imagine if he doesn't play today. I mean, that, that, he was the difference in Alabama winning or not because of the way he was able to make some of those. The, the double move that he had on DeBerry was just, I mean, it was mean. It, it, was, it was tough. And, you know, he said, he told Jalen Milrow, like, hey, man, I know you got a spot that you're trying to get the ball to, but just throw it to me. I'm going to catch it. And, you know, he, he, he basically summed it up and said, yeah, like, you know, both teams were taking shots, but I just felt like they couldn't guard us. That's what Jermaine Burton said. And to your point too, Travis, in hearing in what we've mentioned all along, you know, the game was right there for AM's taking. Nick Saban after the game said, you know, he's pretty sure this is the most mistakes he's ever made and still won a game. And 
that that in a nutshell just encapsulates the game and just how hard it is for a team to beat a Nick Saban coach squad. I mean, it is just you have to play a full 60 minute game. That's what AM did in 21 when they won. That's what they did in 2012 when they won. They didn't do that last year when they lost at the goal line on that last play. And and that's that's kind of the difference maker today, in my opinion. And, and in the A&M press conference, Bryce Anderson was saying that they knew coming into this game that Alabama was either going to, if they were going to have success on offense, it was either going to be establishing the run or taking deep shots. Well, they shut down the run, as you mentioned, 23 yards. It's the fewest since LSU held them to six two years ago uh, in, in an Alabama win. Nuts. Right. Uh, and, and so they, 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 they knew what was going to happen. They knew those deep shots were necessary where we're going to be a part of the game plan. Interesting how they were Jimbo Fisher, DJ Durkin played the rotation. It was mostly Josh DeBerry that was on Burton for the game. He's the one that got burned on the double move, uh, got burned several times in the game. They switched in Deuce Harmon for a little spell there in the second quarter, but it was DeBerry that came back and finished out the game. Um, and he he danced around the answer. He, he, he said, you know, they're trying to keep guys healthy. They're trying to keep a rotation. Uh, and then said they gave DeBerry some more support in the second half by having more zone coverage guys over the top, not leaving on an island. But I don't think any of that really helped from when you look at the game. I I don't know. Uh, And and there's the whole question, too, of, and something we probably need to ask Jimbo Fisher about that's not right after the game, of where's Tony Grimes? Because he's a guy that came in the transfer portal, and he hasn't even seen the field yet. So, Cease, I don't know what you thought about the kind of uh, game calling with the substitutions there and the personnel and the defensive secondary? Well, I think of a couple plays because Bond was wide open for 52 yards. They rushed three guys that time. And you just can't give up a 52-yard touchdown when the guy is wide open in a game like this. (laughs) Uh, Alabama also converts four third downs. They convert a third and 12 for a touchdown. They do a third and nine when Burton runs across the back of the end zone. And on that 52-yard touchdown, by the way, that was on second and 15 after they converted a third and long. So they had three long third down conversions. My point being is, once again, Alabama finds a way, but A&M got to do some self, uh, you know, evaluation or whatever. They rush six, whatever, not getting there. Well, maybe you need to play a little zone at times or whatever on third and long because you can't give up those plays because they literally were one play away from winning this game in so many times. And like you said, Alex, Nick, Nick Saban's got to feel like call Vegas. I mean, he made so many mistakes and still won. Well, Anum had a chance to take control of the SEC West today, a position they've never been in, and they they couldn't get it done. You know, Anum's probably not going to be competing for the division crown now, but you know, the season's not a total just punt and go to 24. I mean, they've got opportunities ahead, but it doesn't get a lot easier, especially considering they go to they go to Tennessee next weekend, who is off this week. Yeah, we asked uh, Nia Smith after the game if this feels like a missed opportunity, and he said it's a tough, it's a it's a tough loss. I mean, we mentioned it. 
every year that at least I've been here, and every year that pretty much A&M's been in the SEC, it's been who's going to take down Alabama because Alabama's in the driver's seat heading to the SEC championship game in the West. And this was an opportunity with how crazy the West is. Everybody came into this weekend with uh, a loss except for Alabama and A&M. So whoever came out of this game was going to be in the driver's seat. Uh, it's just an opportunity that has never presented itself since A&M has joined the SEC. And, and I know fans and the team and the coaches, just they would have liked to have taken, taken advantage of that because it's just not something that pops up every year. And, and even after taking an early loss to Miami, you get yourself in the title game, you roll the dice and see what happens. You still have a chance at maybe a playoff position uh, just winning the SEC, even though you took an early loss. Now, uh, you know, you're, you're playing for your, your, your best Florida Bowl, I think. You know, Anum responded well against Miami, or after the loss to Miami and the wins over Auburn and Arkansas. Definitely not the caliber of team that Tennessee is probably going to provide next week. But what do you what do you think you want to see from A and M going into next week, knowing that you know they they got to they got to get it going here pretty quick. Yeah, they just got to regroup because, like Travis touched on, I think this year never have we seen it. It's been a long time since everything seems wide open. There's no great teams out there. Even Georgia struggled, and so everybody's like, "Oh man, A and M." You know, A and M can still go nine and four, ten and three, which a lot of us picked, but. What's that going to get you? You're not going to get you into the college football playoff, not going to get you in the title game. So it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to block out the noise, so to speak. And I want to see them come back, play just as hard as they did today or at Arkansas, but eliminate the mistakes. They're just making too many mistakes because they're not quite yet there on talent. You know, Evan Stewart can play like Burton did today, but he didn't. So they didn't have somebody have a huge game. Uh, nobody rushed for 100 yards. If they'd have had a one breakout guy on offense, they might have won the game. But they didn't have that guy because of Alabama. And, and you got to look, too. I mean, you look through the early games of the season. You had When Evan Stewart went down, you had guys like Noah Thomas and Jade Walker who stepped up and were going to be the next biggest thing. And they've been – I mean, the only time that you really heard Noah Thomas's name today was when he held the defender on that end around that should have been a touchdown. He didn't touch the guy. Did, 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 I don't even think Jade Walker played. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, think. I, I, I don't think I see. I don't think. I don't remember seeing him on the field. I'll have to look at the participation. But yeah, it was. I don't. I don't know if he was out there either. At least but, on offense, but, he might have been on special teams. Right. And another thing to mention too, just that the efficiency in the red zone has been a, a bugaboo for the for the Aggies the entire season. I, I. It was. They went one for four with having the ball inside the ten yard line. Uh, Alabama's ten yard line in this game. If you're inside the ten, you got to punch it in. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had two, the 19, it went on and on. And we've seen this. It's been a problem with this team, not necessarily the red zone. Today it was the red zone. I said that a lot of times they get between the 20 and 35, and they stall out. They look great. It's like one of those 30 to 30 teams, then they get down there, and all of a sudden, they can't get it. And they're going to have to do some self-coaching, some self-evaluation, because there is a lot left. If this team gets to nine or ten wins – but after this loss, you don't know because how's this? I, mean, I think this is a, a potential devastating loss because you have so many young kids. I mean, you know Smith's going to come back, you know, and those kind of guys. But this is still a young team, and how do they react? Because they're not going to be in a college football playoff. But how bad do they want to go to a Florida Bowl? And how bad do they want to improve? How bad do they want to get better? Well, 
I think that's going to do it for us here tonight. And be sure to check TheEagle.com for all of our coverage from today's game. And, hey, follow The Eagles' newest Aggie Sports X account. We finally got it up and going again. It's at The Eagle Aggies. Uh, we'll have all of our stories and updates there for you guys to check out. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Well, yeah. I figured I'd give us a little plug. Yeah, we, we